G'day everyone, welcome to The Sound of Imagery. This is episode nine. Thank you so much for joining. What a week it's been and what a day, I must say. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Where are you coming from and how are things? Can I go first? Yeah, go. Well, first I'd like to apologise. We've had a couple of weeks off. We've uh, all had some very busy schedules, what with lockdowns and uh, work commitments and family members climbing the walls. So uh, we're back. I'm glad we're back. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, I'm in Melbourne, still in lockdown, um, typing away until my fingers are bloody stumps every day, not that Leader Pros appreciates it. Uh, but, yeah, but otherwise, good. all good here. <laughs> That's I told you I was looking forward to it. <laughs> That's it. How about you, Simon? What have you been up to? I can't go next. I'm the guest. Please. Oh, you're the next. guest. Okay, yeah. Lee, sorry. Um, Jeez, Jeez Lee. Just, you know, live, live in the lockdown dream. Um, I actually, I, I finished off an edit job um, for a client last week, which was nice. Um, and now, yeah, my mornings are homeschooling and then the afternoons are just trying to get some work done. Nice. Nice. And, uh, what about you, Simon? What about you, Simon? Oh, guys, thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're Uh, welcome. I, uh. He was just here when we all logged on. So, you know. (laughs) I think he's been waiting for three weeks. Three weeks, four weeks. Like three weeks ago, I was just like sitting here. Um, I should have a shower, actually. No. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing the same. You know, I, I mean, it, not much really changes, I suppose. Uh, I, I get up, I have my coffee on the veranda out front and uh, work out what I'm going to do for the day, which is work. I'm pretty busy at the moment. I'm very fortunate to be busy at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and and as well as that, like mixing in the homeschool and taking the kids to the park and getting involved in random water fights with people we don't know, all the good things. Yeah, that sounds like a good family life, even in uh, for lockdown in Melbourne. Sorry, uh, Melbourne. You know, this is all uh, people from Bondi Beach that have basically uh, started this whole COVID wave. So, uh, on behalf a, of the city people, driver? it was like a guy in a truck. Yeah, oh, I think it, I think it was a limo driver. You're quite right. And then the yes. removalist came to Melbourne and Adelaide. Oh dear, it's oh, history. I see um, he's getting one of these. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly I right. Like, I like that we've all gone middle, but Simon's gone very hipster rule of thirds there with his framing. I know. Well, the only reason I've done that is because I before, like, I was uh, trying to empty out one of the big drawers and I was looking for something. So I put everything on the desk. So I figure if I sit like this, oh, you won't yeah. see it all. Yeah, so, so Sorry. So there's no products in the back, no no products in the background there that are on embargo that people are going to go. Hang on, what what the hell is that? No, ah, well, there's not at all. Yeah, think tank. Um, oh, nice, nice. Actually, is there? No, there's nothing. Oh, well, that's all good. That's all good. That's all good. Lee Herbert, what's on your t-shirt? Um, this is from. This is exceptionally nerdy. This is uh, off the tracks, which is a documentary that was produced about Final Cut Pro. Oh, wow. oh were you involved oh. in that? I wasn't. I'm. I, I missed it by like they were. They filmed a lot of the interviews for it at the Final Cut Pro Summit in um, Cupertino the year before I started going to the summit. 
In fact, wow. it, it wasn't it wasn't because of the documentary that started going to the summit, but it just kind of worked out. But it, I was like, oh, if I'd been here a year earlier, I may have made it in. But uh, you no, could have said you could have said it was because of the documentary, and you got a t-shirt, and the guy that gave you the t-shirt died in a tragic car accident on his way to the Ooh, summit. And it would have been dark. way more awesome. I mean, a bit dark, but well, yeah, I think well, we should revisit the guest schedule. Well, I, well, I, well, I, well, actually, Brad, Brad Olson, the guy who made the documentary, did give me this T-shirt. He's a lovely guy and he's fine. Did he walk away with no T-shirt on or what was the no, story there? No, no, he had, he, had, he was, he was giving them out. It's all right. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> merchandising, merchandising. <laughs> so I was so going to say, like. Stay tuned next week for no Simon Pollock. <laughs> so, so this, this summit that, that you. <laughs> that's it. This, this summit that you're talking about, Lee, um, would you be really sad if they cut it? Um, oh, that's as, for the as, final as, time. As, 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 oh, oh God. Oh. <laughs> he got it. He got it. <laughs> Lee, Sorry, I was, I, just, I was just fading in and fading out. Lee, I, I know you're new to being a dad, but you want to ease your way into the dad jokes. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to go full dad joke just yet. This is my everyday. <laughs> oh, I love dad jokes. Hey, yeah. just as a, a small segue while we're talking, to, because Lee, uh, I met Lee because he was the head of Apple Australia. I thought you were going to say you met me because I was riding a small Segway. <laughs> riding a small Segway. I like it. And you had a car crash. You hit a guy that had a T-shirt that was going to a fair. How many? Yeah. No, uh, on the 14. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think the, uh, the new uh, iPhone's mm. going to... Give us, are we going to get like satellite radio and 5G that directly feeds into your brain and stuff? No? No. Oh. <laughs> Will it have a phone on it? <laughs> but what? <laughs> what the hell? Why do you need that? Um, I'm actually really excited about that, Lee, now that, and Simon. I'm excited about the fact that there might be a new MacBook Pro coming out um, oh. with this M1. So that is very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm using a very old one at the moment. Although I wouldn't get my hopes up. My gut instinct, again, I know nothing, but my gut instinct says to me, because normally just from a marketing point of view, Apple likes to focus the iPhone event on the iPhone. So they might, they, they might announce some peripheral products along with the iPhone. So very often they announce new Apple watches and maybe new AirPods with the iPhone, but mm. a Mac would more likely be announced a, a month from now or two months from now okay like like i don't it's possible that we'll get a laptop announcement but i wouldn't i wouldn't expect it i would expect that I, I would expect oh we lost your audio lee well um it's on that nice. note, yeah uh, i was gonna say uh we're on the street talking about word on the street uh with all this apple release greg greg yes yes Word on the street is that Rico released a new camera today. Well, Tell me more. Oh, yeah, they kind of, yeah, they kind of uh, shadow dropped. Uh, Lee Herbert's lost audio. Yes, he has. But Just mine for us. If you can hear us, do a black backflip. I don't think you can hear us. <laughs> uh, I'll proceed. Uh, so, yes, Rico shadow dropped a GR3 Model X overnight. Uh, really odd. It's not on B&H. Uh, none of the Australian retailers have been notified of it. I only noticed it because I watch uh, Kaiman Wong's YouTube channel. Mm. And uh, he got his he and Locke 
the Boca brothers got, got their hands on one each at an event in London and they got to spend a few hours with them. Um, interesting, the, the Ricoh GR3 or the Ricoh GR series has always it's had a long-standing uh, notoriety for being a street photographer's camera and I'm, a, I'm sort of first and foremost a street photographer. Granted, I've only ever gone with Fujifilm. I've always been tempted by the GR, but the build quality is a bit, a bit weird for me. Um, anyway, so they released the GR3 a little while ago now. Then they brought out a special street edition, which really was the GR3 with a different look of paint and a special zoom ring. That was it. Now they've launched the GR3 Model X to look at. Is it absolutely identical to the original GR3? The key differences, according to Rico's website, uh, is that the new one, the X model, now has a 40mm equivalent lens, whereas the original had a 28 So that's a really interesting change of uh, field of view for street photography. Um, some people like it, some people don't. Uh, the other things, there's some other stuff that they've added to it that um, in terms of re- around kind of new shooting modes and, and, and features, uh, image control modes, uh, what I said, they've got depth of field priority mode. Oh, that's handy. Also, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like that. What's that new, that ZV-10 or Z10E or whatever it was? Oh, yeah, yeah. That we just reviewed yeah, recently. Yeah, you've got the button, where the button press where it yeah, does the focus Yeah, I don't know if it's like that, but I imagine it's kind of a depth of field priority. Um, and they're bringing out some new conversion lens just for the 40 millimeter because obviously the uh, the conversion lens that is available for the original GR3 would be weird on a new focal length. So they're bringing out a new conversion length. Having said that, though, all of the uh, firmware features that are available on the new GR3X will actually be made available eventually on the original GR3 via firmware updates. So really all you're getting over the original GR3 is just a different focal distance, slightly tighter field of view. Um, Processor is the same. The sensor is the same. It's uh, just some new bells and whistles. So, so it's kind of a hmm. kind of a street camera for the the people that already have a GF or a GR. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's just weird. I mean, and also like the original GRs and like the Fujifilm X seventy, you you can you can have a crop mode, so you can go from wide to say a thirty five mil to a fifty mil uh, by twisting a, either a dial or a, um, you can uh, pre program the. The zoom, uh, sorry, the focus ring on the X70, the Fujifilm, similar oh, yeah. function on the uh, on the GR series, where you okay. can, you know, you can crop to get different compressions. Yeah, and I, I must apologise actually um, for all of those Pentax people out there. Uh, it is actually Ricoh Pentax, so um, sorry about that. Um, hopefully, we didn't lose uh, that one person listening in our audience. Sorry, Mrs. Depros. Yeah, <laughs> we touched a Pentax fifty years ago. Um, so on that note, I'm interested to know, uh, Lee, Simon, what's, you know, you, you talk street photography, right? When you go traveling, is there a particular size camera that you like to take with you or is it, is it, are you just taking your phone these days? What's what you not the street photography? Put that away. What is that, Simon? This. No, um, the last time. No, I always take a camera bag and I always have a Sony A7R. Um, last time I travelled, it was an A7R2. Now it's an A7R3, which works really great. 
Um, if I am just going like for a weekend, sometimes I'll take that the RX uh, 100 Mark V. Oh yeah. Um, also doubles as my seven-year-old's camera on a tripod. He loves it. Um, he did have a different camera, which was this, the Sony A55 from about wow. 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a beast. I mean, it's, it's a Konica a, Minolta, really. It it really was a Konica Minolta. Look yeah. at the profile of it. Like, hello. Yeah. 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 Well, they bought that. Sorry, go on. No, well, that's right. That's the whole. And I think if you look at the lens mount, you're like, yeah, I recognize that from somewhere else. That's right. For those uh, uh, listeners and viewers that don't know, um, Sony did buy Konica Minolta, which is why they got their foot in the door so early. Yes. Okay. I always tend to take a bigger camera. um, Nice. Because of regret. um, This is mine. What is, is that a... That's the X70. Yeah, right. From Fujifilm. It's built yeah. like, a, you could hammer nails in with this. It's so Based. it's so robust and it's got the nice little flippy screen. But mm. um, yeah, on my first, I've been doing a lot of street photography for a long time and I've always used Fujifilm cameras. And on my first trip to Japan, which was a week of street photography, basically, I took this huge bag full of like two camera bodies and lenses and I hardly used any of them. Whereas on my last trip, which was now two years ago, sadly, uh, all I took was this. Mm. Uh, a couple of spare batteries, a battery bank because you can power it off um, USB C micro or whatever it is, no, USB micro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I love it. I love the images that it pushes out, even though they're only 16 megapixel or megapixels, as Lee and I call them. So Lee, Lee Herbert, I'm, I'm interested. Do you take anything smaller than an FX6? Uh, well, well, that's, well, that's the thing. If 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 I'm working, um, I'll always generally be traveling with at least three cameras. Um, so, like, like if you don't include my phone, so it'll be, you know, I mean, it was an FS5 Mark II. Now it'd be the FX6, um, FS, FX9, which would have been the FS7, um, and an A7S of some some sort. Um, so that, that's what I've been if, if I was working. But if I'm just traveling, I'd actually most of the time I'll, I'll just use my phone and I've got a few lenses um, for my phone. So I've got, you know, the usual extra wide zoom. Um, and... Using shock moment lenses? No. So I've, I've been through quite a few different ones. I can't remember the first ones that I got. Um, they, one thing that I really liked about the, the first ones that I got, which I, I I think I've got in the cupboard somewhere. Um, they had this really nice carrying case. We sort of attached them to the case and the case had a little carabiner. So you could clip it onto your, onto your, like just onto a belt sort of thing. It was just really handy to, to, to carry around. Um, then I got the moment lenses, which I was, I was quite impressed with the, with the quality of the lenses. Um, I wasn't so impressed with the quality of the cases that they made because mm, I, it was, it's, it's a bayonet yeah. kind of case. Um, and it's a hard plastic, not a metal that you Ooh. bayonet to, to, to connect it. And it just screws up. Yeah, it, it, I found like that. Cross-threading. Yeah. Well, it, it broke while I was in Hong Kong. And I was Ooh. like, I'm, I'm two days into a five-trip day to Hong Kong, and now I can't use my lenses, and I'm pissed. Um, so I've still got them, and, I, and I, I still use them from time to time. But I got introduced mm. to um, a local Australian brand called uh, Struman Optics. Oh. 
and they actually make Struman optics um, and they make really I mean the quality I actually did some tests and I reckon they're just they're on a par if not slightly sharper than the moment lenses and first of all they're, they're screw on so they're not bayoneted so they're screw on uh, but also the the connector on the cases that they make are metal so they're less mm. likely to to break um yeah. and the, a feature that i really love there um the oh, my brain's gone blank when you want to get really close with a lens, macro. Um, <laughs> That's a moment. Sorry, it's it's been oh, a man. long two years. It's, it's been a long <laughs> pandemic. Um, so their macro lens has got a focus ring, and you can adjust the focus manually on their macro lens. And I That's I, cool. I keep emailing them, and they haven't done it, but I keep because I realize like I'm quite a niche kind of person but um like i said to them I, i'd love for you to have that manual focus on your other lenses because i mean for photography manual focus on a phone is silly I, I i appreciate that but for video it'd be so cool if i could do manual focus pulls with a yeah. lens on my on, on my phone that's that cool be cool yeah and the I, problem with I, the moment cases is that as soon as you upgrade your phone they're useless ah well see that, that that's something that i was going to say about the Struman optics they're really clever. So they've got, um, oh, hang on, wait, just you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll get it. And I'll show you. Okay. Okay. Uh, what, what have you got, got there? there? For show and tell. This is the Polar, Polar Pro one. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, it's kind of a little bit, it's got a circular polarizer that you can adjust. Oh, yeah. wow. Circular polarizer. Um, but the, the thing I love about it is it's got this, this grip. So uh, over here. It's got a grip oh, nice. at the end, and on the end of the grip, it's got quarter twenties, so you can mount oh, yeah. a tripod plate on it. And mm. What's on the inside? Is that buttons? Whereabouts? Yeah, on the inside oh. of the grip. Yeah, so the that um, you can't see it, but it adjusts. What does that do? That um, that's the just a re- just the release, but it's got it's got actually a yeah. shutter button. On the top of the oh, grip. that's awesome! I've, I've got the Polar Pro stuff as well. I'm really into my iPhone stuff. Um, so the cool thing about the Struman Optics ones is they all ship with this little clip, so you can just screw the lens onto the clip, and then you can oh. just attach the clip to whatever you like. Now there's like a couple that. little clip. I should get commission from these guys. A couple of clever things that they do with the clip. So you could technically use this clip to use the lens on a webcam on your laptop. Or you could use it on an iPad or an Android tablet or an Android. Even top of an iMac. Whatever you like. But mm. one thing that, that like, so I, I had like a, a meeting with their marketing department and, and like years ago, and they were telling me, so they actually had to redesign the material on the back of the clip, the put the, the, the clips onto the other side of the device, because they found that the material that they were using before, particularly on Android phones was showing up as a finger press. And so when they put the clip on the on, on the phone, you know, the lens was on the on, on the on the back of the phone and the, the, the other side of the clip was touching the screen of the phone and the mm. phone thought it was touching it. So they redesigned it so it wasn't doing whatever electrical thing it was doing. And so you can put it on a touch touchscreen device and it won't activate the touchscreen. So to your point, Greg, the cool thing with the Struman Optics one is when they it's not as elegant a solution. Like I don't like having like a, this giant clip on my phone. It's a peg, really. It is a peg, 
but it does solve the problem. Yeah. And normally they come out with 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 a with a you know with a twenty dollar thirty dollar case for your phone for the new phones. They come out with one you know within a month of the new phone. Yeah. But for that one month, you can still use your lenses. I say that because uh, I use a peg to uh, <laughs> to put my light on. There you nice. Go. They also make yeah. filters. <laughs> So you can have these little adapters you can put on CPL, you know, circular polarizers or NDs. But or, the biggest know. thing about all of these is like you carry your phone around. Like, I mean, my phone's already big enough. It's 11 Pro Max. And I've got a, whatever that brand Quad is. Lock. Quad, Quad Lock. Quad thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that's a hell of a case to get off. Like they're super sturdy. So trying to take that off and then put that on if I want to use it to take oh, photos. God. And then trying yeah. to fit that in a pocket, like I've got to take a bag. I might as well just take a camera until I take a camera. Mm. Is that the wrong yeah. way that, was that, about it? What was that song we were singing before, Cry Me a River? It was. I just take the two lenses. Like I, take, I take the zoom and the, and the macro and I just put those in my pocket. What about you, DePros? What camera do you take on holidays? Oh, well, I probably take a X-Pro um, series with a 56 mil mounted to it so nice. I, i'm not i'm not i'm not someone that takes something small um i take i've got a little pelican case for it so if i'm you know traversing rivers or anything like that it's, i'm not too worried but um my wife has actually been using it a lot more than me at taking photos of hunter and i'll tell you what this camera has had a beating <laughs> i've been on the computer or something and i hear this thud and it's you know, most of the time it's just it's just dropped like, because it's been... like the X70, the X Pro yeah. tanks. They're absolute tanks. Yeah, yeah. So it's been on the side of a table or something, and you know, precariously placed. And uh, yeah, the next moment's on the floor, and it survived. And that fifty-six mil, I've even dropped it myself. Um, I was walking along the streets of Perth, and I actually to meet Benjamin Von Wong actually um, back in the day, and. I accidentally pressed the, the the release button for the lens. It dropped and bounced twice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I'm, I need this lens to do this interview. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, it worked. And it still worked to this day. Yep. Yep. Oh, nice. Never loan gear to Lee. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it will break or you will never get it back. <laughs> Lee Butterfingers to pros. <laughs> That's exactly right. So... Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the current climate of the industry. Any grumpy moments that you've come across, uh, share. <laughs> this is an open forum. How, how long have we got? <laughs> uh, what's, what's somewhere that you think can improve in this industry? Um, can I start? Please. Sure. I think we need more women photographers to be present, especially on this podcast, but also uh, to be recognised for what they do in the industry. You know, newborn photography is a massive thing. And I really think that, you know, that they don't really get the, the limelight that they should. You know, we all look at landscape photographers and things like that. But do we celebrate newborn photographers? Is, yes. You know, we do? We do? Yeah, but that's the thing. It's No, actually, go on. No, no, tell me, tell me. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you know, I've been, one of my clients, uh, they had an old catalogue, just to give you a bit of anecdotal, had an old catalogue and the catalogue was made by them in-house and it used the staff. When they made it, they were a real small company 
use the staff in the images. The staff were, half of them were professional photographers. They were men. They were middle-aged white men, which is, you know, the majority of 80, the that makes up Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah, 80 to 20. That's pretty much on every single page I manage. That is the breakdown. 80, 80% male, 20% female. Um, anyway, they got, um, they had people, you know, posting stuff about them all the time at a particular time last year saying, oh, they hate women. We don't hate women. I mean, I try and call out for women to be on the their different, I'm not going to name who they are, but different, you know, be on different mediums across their social platform. I've never had one reply. I had like 10 people send me the, the picture of the catalogue and say, oh, there's a person in it, you know, and I said, look, can I take this opportunity to invite you to talk to me about this and, you know, let's do a blog post or not one reply. Wow. I... I, I would celebrate female photographers all day, landscape photographers, newborn, doesn't matter. Um, and I, it's a tough thing because you, you, you call out and you try and get different people involved and it, it can be difficult. Uh, there are definitely times, I think, in this industry when it, there are genuine times when it needs calling out. Like, mm. I mean, there's, there's a, a certain pro team in Asia somewhere that may have overlooked every female on the planet. And that was yeah. definitely a moment to, um, to, you know, <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> really? But, uh, you know, there's definitely times when, um, I see companies try and include, uh, a whole mixed bag of people and it just doesn't work. You just don't get the people approaching you to be. Why is that? Do you think Simon? Um, I really don't know. Like, I, is it I, is it a fear thing that that they know. are going up again? Eighty percent white middle aged men with money that like to, and I hate the phrase, but they dominate. I mean, yeah, the they space, dominate. Yeah. They they like to explain in their own way. Um, <clears throat> when I when I think about um, female photographers that stand out to me, um, they're all very similar in terms of big personalities. Uh, they're quite strong. They're they, they're not afraid to say it how it really is. Um, and yeah. so I think, you know, you may well be right. And I think to get an accurate answer, you'd need to ask them. But yeah. that's kind of the feeling I get. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to say who, whose catalogue got called out. <laughs> everyone's, on, everyone's like this on the internet, yeah. yeah. We, um, we had, we, yeah, it was an old catalogue. And yeah. we actually, like, as a, as a company, we went, no, you're right. The old catalog doesn't stand up for what we what we believe as a company. And we went and remade the whole catalog. And um, it's kind of tough because in the old catalog, there's a photo of a there's a photo of a bride, and she's wheeling the camera bag. She was a bride, and she was the first assistant. So, wow. and everyone's wow. like, no, that's fake, that's fake, but it was real. So, I mean, it, it's difficult, but I'd certainly yeah. love to see um, more women celebrated yeah. but you've got to remember that 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 demographic and it's it's across all of the social media i manage which are multiple pages it's the same it's 80 percent, 20 percent. we yeah. see it yeah. in our uh, fiji film uh, group we've got a facebook community group for fiji film australia and actually yeah. a couple of years ago 
uh, when Lee was still working at Fujifilm Australia, Lee DePros, um, he I was blog writing for the Fuji Exos admin, uh, Fuji Exos Facebook group. They've got a blog site, a WordPress site. And Lee uh, encouraged me to do a series of interviews with female photographers in Australia. I think there's mm. a couple, there's one from Italy, I yeah. think one from Spain. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but it is interesting. I mean, this is maybe or pandemic skewed time, maybe three years ago, four years ago now, Lee. Mm. Um, I think I did about seven interviews um, and got them to submit work and talk about their, their experience. I won't say challenges necessarily, but their experience with a male-dominated industry. Mm. And that was to try and celebrate female photography. And it's interesting in the comments, because I'm an admin of that, that same group on Facebook, the comments, a lot of the naysayers were that 80% middle-class white men who don't see a problem um, and we're challenging why we have to have a special series about women photographers mm. but ignored the fact that every other blog that we'd ever had prior to that was only ever about male photographers. Um, so, it's yeah, it's an interesting, and it's I've, an interesting I've done, conundrum. I've done a lot of events over the years <clears throat> and I've done some with you, uh, Lee and Simon, before as well. We've had, there's been a, a really good mix of people that go to those events, but for some reason, I think there's a, there's a, there's a stopgap that happens where, okay, there's the real world and then there's online and then there's marketing myself and having a little bit of an ego. Cause let's face it. A lot of photographers do have egos. No. Um, <laughs> um, and they, no. and I think, and I think um, that's where you, you go into the personality side of things. Um, and that's why I believe we don't see as many um, in the industry um, because of the comments that Greg was talking about. Um, they get shut down very quickly, but mm. there's not a platform for them. And I, I really think um, that's my, my grump in the industry. And, and I'm sure it's the same for the cinematography industry, Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's the same sort of conversations going on, um, of course, but it's i don't know it i suppose like if we take the, the 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 men and women thing out of it i think to begin with you know the squeaky wheel gets the oil in the sense that you know the, the people with the bigger personalities and the loudest voice in the room gets the attention sort of thing um and i mean what i'm about to say is a huge generalization so i, I appreciate that that my lived experience is not the same as everyone else's lived experience, but it just reminds me of a conversation that my wife have had, my wife and I have had many times, um, you know, back in the day where we were both sort of applying for jobby jobs. Um, it, it was very interesting to see our different perspectives and our different approaches where I would look at a job description and I'd go, well, I've never done that specific thing but I know that I've got the skills to do that thing. So I'm going to apply for that job because I know that in the interview, when they ask me, Oh, have you ever done this before? I'm like, well, I haven't done that directly, but I've done this other thing, which is very similar. And I know that I could do the thing that you want me to do. Whereas my wife would look at a job description and she'd go, Oh, well, I've never done that thing. So I'm just not going to apply. And, you know, so, so obviously I've, you know, I've just got more chutzpah. Um, but I, more Yiddish. I like it. Yiddish. Oh, oh. me. I can pull it out whenever you like. Um, but it's, it, 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 you know, I, I, I think, 
a lot of and and I've seen this not so much in my family because I mean I always think of like I think of my mother and my mother's you know the strongest individual I think I've ever met in my life um and but I but I've seen a lot of women and girls that I've met over 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 the years of my life where they're almost raised with the sort of attitude of you know don't make too much noise and don't like, like it's fine to be confident but 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 measure your confidence and and and, and sort of stunt you know don't be too loud don't be too arrogant don't be don't like i often say to people channel channel your inner american you know i think in in commonwealth in, in the commonwealth in commonwealth cultures uh we've got this whole tall poppy syndrome where it's it's bad manners to to talk yourself up and say how awesome you are whereas in american culture and i'm not saying one's right or wrong i'm just saying they're, they're different um, whereas in American culture, they feel very comfortable talking themselves up and, and, and marketing themselves and making themselves sound maybe a bit more fancy than they actually are, or even more talented than they actually are and sort of fake it till you make it. And, you know, there, there's so many different things that we're talking about here, because like on the one hand, I'm sort of going, you know, well, women just need to be more confident and fake it till they make it, which is easy. To, it, it's a lot easier said than done. And there's that other aspect of, the abuse that people and definitely women get this more than men online. I mean, it, like I'm not a woman and even I've sort of pulled back quite a lot from putting myself out there online. Cause I just don't want to deal with the trolls and I just don't want to deal with the abuse. And I get a 10th of what women seem to get. And so it, it, it is very difficult. Um, <clears throat> you know, something again, easy for, one of one of my one of my one of my sort of catchphrases I've been thinking about lately in the last few years is anything is easy if someone else has to do it. So I appreciate that that I'm sort of giving advice where I don't have the balls myself to do it. But I'd say, you know, we we need more women to 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 start companies. We need more women to start magazines, to start podcasts, to become CEO, you know, don't wait to be hired as the CEO, start your own business and be the CEO and hire more women. And, and it, you know, it's, I'd like to think of myself as an ally and, 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 and we allies will help as much as we can. Um, but also, you know, take ownership and, and <clears throat> I know it's going to, I know it's really hard because again, I don't have the balls to do it some of the time, but it's, you know, I, I, I think if, gradually i mean like i've got a son but if i had a daughter i'd be raising my daughter to say to her you know don't don't ever feel like you need to to be the quietest person in the room yeah 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 and i, and I think um as as we end this podcast episode nine of the sound of injury uh make sure you subscribe where you listen and, and watch us uh we should spend the week the next week going out into the world and try and, and, and do something to raise the bar as an industry. You know, it starts with us. Mm. And, and I, I think it, um, it's a bit difficult with, you know, events and, and competitions and stuff, obviously, and lockdown and judging and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, have a think about it because this is something that I, I would like to see more of uh, happening from the people who work in the industry because I think it needs to change. Um, and I'm sort of sick and tired of just, sorry. Yep. Sorry, Simon, go on. I just had a small point. It's interesting. Mm. I mean, I say, you know, I was just literally looking at that's 21% oh, uh, women, 70% yeah. men, right? 
Yeah. But that's a brand that sells camera gear. Yeah. And I think the percentages obviously would be very different. Like if you looked at, um, I mean, I, I'm going blank, but there are many pages. Um, Joni Simon's food photography page, hundreds of thousands of people across her whole sphere. And I see one or two guys and a whole stack of women. So I think it does vary through the mm. industry, but it's the loudest voice. Um, and Lee, if you think of female filmmakers that you, you know, you see online, I mean, there are only she wolf, like she's got the loudest voice. She's like getting out there and kicking butt. And if anybody puts her down, female or male, she's just like climbs over them. And it, yep. that loudest voice. But I love this idea, Lee. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, on that note, thank you very much for joining this podcast. It's been really cool to have you all on. And Simon is a guest as well. We're, um, we're honoured with your presence. I just sit here until next time, Greg. Is yes, that right? Yes, don't move. That, don't move. Got it. I'll, I might beautiful. clean up a little bit and put ah. some coloured lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least one. I, really, <laughs> I appreciate it. That's it. And, um, yeah, thanks very much, guys. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.